to Mountain Mama Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share from the zany to the inspirational, brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a nonprofit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hacken, and I'm riding solo. Debbie sends all her love from her far, far adventure she's doing. Um, today, we're super excited to have um, one of our mountain mamas here. Her name is Candace Wilson. She's originally from Idaho, born in Mountain Home. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm from Glens Ferry, but that was the closest hospital. So, <laughs> small town stone. Awesome, awesome. She's uh, living in Mapleton, Utah right now, is married, has a couple kids, and she's a coach, substitute teacher, and stay at home mom. What do you coach? Um, so, I coach volleyball, basketball, and then I do uh, pitching coaching during the spring softball season. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do a little bit of everything, but... I had no idea. And yeah. then um, substitute, is it junior high age or what age? Uh, so I sub at my kid's school, which is K through eight. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's where I coach also. I've been an assistant coach there for about seven years. You're living the dream. It's so fun. I love it. I feel like to like work where your kids are. Uh-huh. And, oh, that's fantastic. Oh, it has been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then a fun fact about you, you said you got all your eyelashes ripped out during a basketball game. Yes, in <laughs> high school. That absolutely happened. Uh, how I, does that happen? I, I know, right? Like, <laughs> like, how does that happen? And honestly, it was just a freak accident. I remember um, just getting hit in the head and we, we kind of made the assumption that maybe my eyelashes got stuck between somebody's fingers or between the ball and somebody's hand. <laughs> anyway, regardless, the the next time I was in the locker room, I look at my face and all my eyelashes were missing on my right eye. Like, I mean, it was, it was very crazy. I did not take it well because yeah, you're, you're in high school and it's kind of a vanity thing. At oh my gosh. I feel like so many, yeah, worst what is that? The most embarrassing moments are from high school. Yeah. Oh, totally. 100%. Yes, because we are so, it's true. We are so vain then. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so we brought Candace in. She just said she has all these cool adventure stories. And then we got to talking and she's got a lot of stories. So we're going to start off um, with some fun Iron Man stories. Um, her Iron Man that she did up in Coeur d'Alene. Um, and just kind of talk to us like, so an Ironman basically, like the real Ironman is a full marathon. Yeah, so yes. it, it's a it's a 2.4 mile swim. Uh-huh. In open water? Does open water. It has yeah, to be yeah. open water. It yeah. has to be open water. Otherwise, 2.4 miles in a pool is just, it just takes too long and not, you know, it, there's no way it, like more than four people would be able to oh, be in the pool at any yeah. given time for an hour and a half or however long it takes them to complete it. So, yeah. so it has to be in open water at that distance. There are other distances that we, you know, that we can do in a pool, but for the most part, an Ironman has to be done in open water. So we, we swam in Lake Coeur d'Alene ah, um, nice. and then it's a 112 mile bike mm-hmm. and then a marathon at the end. <laughs> and what was the impetus for doing this? Like, Oh, okay. So, I mean, it kind of starts at the, like, oh, geez, way back in 2010. You know, I I actually had uh, a big problem with postpartum depression uh, after I gave birth to my first uh, daughter. And and I remember talking to somebody at the place that I was working in, and he had done Ironmans, and, and he was telling me all about, you know, 
how cool they were. And I was like, oh, I could never do that. And he he was like, but don't you know that triathlon is, there are different levels. There's there's different distances that you can run. And so he was telling me all about them and, and there's five, di- five distances. And I was like, I could totally do the lowest distance, right? It's called the sprint, right? A half sprint, actually. Ah, there's half a half sprint. There's sprint. a half sprint. So yes. I'm like, oh, I could totally do that. <laughs> so I, I set a goal. Um, I picked a race. I signed up for that race and, and I did it. And I remember crossing the finish line. I was like, I'm a triathlete. <laughs> like, you know, like I just thought that was the coolest thing in the whole world. And so, and from there I signed up for, for bigger races, you know, just progressively got bigger and bigger. And each one, it was like, Oh, I don't know if I can do that one, but I signed up for it and I trained for it. And, uh, eventually I, I made a, a big goal to do a, a half distance, which is all the, you know, every, like a, the Ironman distances, but cut in half. Is that the Olympic or is the Olympic? No, so bit? the Olympic is less than the, than the half. Okay, so you have to, okay, what are our five? So you have the half You have sprint. a half sprint. Yes. You have a full sprint, um, which is double the half sprint. And then the Olympic, which is a little more double uh, the sprint. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's pretty much, that's the distance that they run in the Olympics. Obviously, they call it an Olympic distance, right? Uh-huh. So, and then you have a half distance uh, and a full distance. Ah. And so, um, so it'd be like a half Ironman and then just a regular Ironman. Is that what they call it? Well, um, so Ironman is actually a brand. It's not like the distance of the race, oh. but, it, but it, we all kind of, I don't know. It, it just kind of seems to come out as an Ironman distance mm-hmm. when in actuality, it's an iron distance or a half iron distance. So oh. it's, there's some technicalities there, but we kind of, it's, it's a little casual. <laughs> We're all casual about that, but, uh, so cool. So you were yeah. like, worked your way up. You did. Yes. Yeah. And so then I set a goal in like 2014, I think that I wanted to do a half distance. And I was like, that was like the biggest goal I could ever think of <laughs> for each, uh, you know, progression. I remember thinking to myself after I did it, I could do a bigger race. Mm-hmm. I could do a bigger race. And that was always kind of my, you know, like the thing that was motivating me was that, oh, I, I, I see what I do here and, and I felt good doing it so I can do something bigger. Right. Um, and I did that half, that half, uh, distance, half iron distance. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, I can do an Ironman. I can do a full <laughs> distance. And I freaked myself out because it was back in 2014 and I still had really tiny humans, you know, like, uh, I think five and three were my girl's age and it's a big time commitment. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I set a goal. Uh, an Ironman in 2020, you know, my kids would be a lot older and all that stuff. Of course, you know, COVID happened and it completely derailed that. Mm -hmm. But, um, but, uh, and I did, I had signed up for an Ironman, uh, Ironman Santa Rosa in 2020. And of course it fell through because of COVID. And so, um, I deferred to Coeur d'Alene, which was June 26th in 2021. And thankfully Uh we were all able to race. So. And was it, did you get any money back from the one in Santa Rosa? No, no. Oh, man. <laughs> but, but well, I mean, they deferred it. And so, um, yeah, so then I was able to race the, a different race, but for free. For, oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? So yes. I paid to, to enter into that Ironman Santa Rosa, but it, they deferred it. So. Okay, good. Yeah. Cool. That was nice. <laughs> so Santa, um, so Coeur d'Alene is gorgeous up in Northern Idaho. It's so pretty. And, and so what were you going through in the training process? You had said that that. Like, I know there's a lot of misadventures in these training Oh, gosh, yes. Situations, so. so my journey was about two and a half years of training. Uh, and it, that's not typical. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I kept getting injured 
over and over and over again. I would injure my shoulder. I'd injure my knees. I I, I broke my ankle at one point, and that was that was holy cow. That's a, that's a misadventure all in and of itself. Mm-hmm. There was a bird, and I stepped <laughs> on it. It was it was bad. Okay, but um, like for for. For the most part, it was it was it was just progression. It was just I was I would hit setbacks and then I would have to push through them and I'd have to figure out how to get around them and you know there's all these obstacles that kind of pop up. Um, the first year I um, I ran I, uh, the half Ironman uh, in St. George mm-hmm. and that I severely underestimated those hills. <laughs> I mean mm-hmm. really bad and so uh, I ended up. Uh, both of my knees ended up going out on me during the run. I think oh. it was mile 10 of the run. So I had to bear, I, I could barely walk the last three miles. I still crossed the finish line, but, uh, but it was, it was a real bummer for me because I had, I had just trained so hard for that race. Um, and it was kind of my stepping stone to Santa Rosa. So, um, I, I spent the summer rehabbing my knees. Uh, I started up my training again in October. Um, and I got to a point where, where I, I could feel that nothing had been rehabbed at all. <laughs> mm. uh, and I, I could run a mile and my knees would give out. And mm-hmm. I could I could swim 100 yards and my shoulder would give out. You know, I mean, these things that are just, we kind of take for granted a little bit, you know? Yeah. And and so I, I was able to go with a um, orthopedic surgeon mm-hmm. and, and talk to him and, and, and go through physical therapy and on all kinds of stuff. And we finally figured out what was wrong. Um, but it kind of took a while. So um, I, I was preparing for Santa Rosa through 2020 and, and finally, you know, hitting a, a, good, a good stride in my training and, and, and rehabbing those injuries. And, and then I hit, uh, you know, then the pandemic happens and I was super bummed. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had such a, a hard time with it. It fell into kind of a depression because, I mean, these are like, these are like four to 10 hour workout days. Oh, you know, wow. I mean, five days a week. It's oh my it's, word! It's a part-time job essentially. Yeah. It's and it's it's a struggle because you're trying to keep up that that mental ability and that motivation because you want to you know you want to be ready for it. Um, and so when they canceled my race, I was just devastated, and I was like, I don't think I can do this again. Yeah. I don't think I can train for months and months and months and months. And, and have nothing come of it at the end of it. And what was like a typical day? Like you're saying like four to 10 hours a day. Like, what is that? Like how much biking are you doing all three at the same time? No. So we would, um, me and my coach, we would, you know, we kind of set out a a schedule and one day would be like, I'd, I'd drop my kids off at school. I'd go to the gym and I would, uh, I would lift for an hour and then I would be on the treadmill for two to three hours, depending on the distance for the day. And then I would be in the pool for another two to three hours. And then, and then I would be out in time to pick up my kids from school. Uh-huh. Like, you know, wow. Or I would go and I would be on the bike for, oh gosh, like at, at one point, a four hour bike ride was a short bike ride, mm-hmm. you know? And so in my long bike rides were eight, nine hours. And so it was just... You know, and then when you add in all of the uh, all the other things like like lifting and and just you know trying to to stretch and trying to keep your body up and healthy and it it, it it's just a lot. It's yeah, it's exhausting. Oh my word! <laughs> yeah, you, there's a lot of motivation. You got to keep yourself motivated. 
So, so then the race came. Walk us through the race because you said it was a brutal race too. Oh my gosh, it was it was unexpected. And so, um, a what lot time of year was it? So it was the end of June, and mm-hmm. right, and I had been watching the the weather, and and you know we were in the middle of a heat wave here. Um, and I was watching the weather and I'm looking at Coeur d'Alene and it's 75, 80 degrees, you know, beautiful. And I'm like, yes, this is the, this is what I want to race in. Right. Well, uh, as soon as we leave Utah, we're just, we just start getting hit with like all of these, all of these things that, that just keep happening. We hit storms where my, you know, my bike's on the, on the back of our car and, and, and those dust storms are coming in and it's getting in my, my gear shifters and it's oh, getting no. in, in my chain and it's, you know, and I'm just like, ah, oh, it's like so frustrating. And then, um, we get to, we get to my, my parents' house. Cause that was our jumping off point in Idaho. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I started my period, mm-hmm. which is not a fun thing to do in a 17 hour race. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just not a fun thing to have. You're like of all the times. So like, did you feel like it was going to be coming soon? Well, or like- actually my period had been very, um, it had been very, uh, probably regular. Yes. Very irregular from probably from January. All, yeah. All the way you've been training so hard. Exactly. Yeah. And so the thing is, and, and female oh triathletes God. are, they, we deal with this a lot, especially when, with big races like Ironman. Um, we, we work out so hard and we have what we call these peak weeks about a month before, uh, the race itself. And those are our like most intense, most, uh, you know, our longest workouts. Uh, and so our, our body is basically like, yeah, we're not starting during that time because it's, it's a super stressful time for our bodies. But as soon as we start our taper, right. And, and we start, our workouts become less and we, we, our bodies start relaxing a little bit more. It kind of signals to our bodies. Hey, we're okay we, now. We're good now. <laughs> so, so this hit me right three days before, which is not no. fun. It was Thursday. I was racing on Sunday and it was Thursday and it totally hit me. And it was, I, I tend to have really heavy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the first three days are really, really heavy. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I need, oh, I do not want to deal with this. Like, yes. this I, I already knew it was going to be really hot up there. I was, I was pretty bummed when I started seeing that there were heat wave, uh, oh. uh, forecasts for, oh, for up no. in Northern Idaho. And so, uh, so I just, but I prepared, um, I made sure that I took iron and, and magnesium and I took some aspirin to kind of help, uh, ho- at least try and get those heavier days out of mm-hmm. the way first. Yeah. Um, and then I was able to race with a diva cup, which was great, awesome. so much better. So I was, I, I was able to, it became a very minor worry in a very, uh, you know, in, in a lot of other where there were a lot of other worries. So yeah. thankfully that, <laughs> that yeah, was so not I'm the big thing. That right. yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, thankfully it went from a big worry to a small worry. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we get up there, um, and we are, you know, we get all settled in and everything and, and er- like the pre-race stuff went, went pretty well. Um, uh, come to find out. So we have a, a field of about 3000 athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, come to find out that, a thousand of them did not show up to the race, which is pretty much unheard of. Like I've never heard of, of, of wow. 30% of a field not even showing up to a race. And it was because of, of the heat wave. Oh. Um, and, and which 
in, in, you know, in hindsight was probably pretty smart of them because lots ended up in the hospital actually. So, um, anyway, so the race itself was really, really interesting. Um, really, really kind of cool. You know, we get up at, or I got up at like three o'clock and my my family took me over at like 3.30 in the morning. The pros start at four in the morning. Um, and then our age group, the age groupers, we start at 5.30, right? Um, now I had, uh, I had totally understood from Ironman St. George that, that uh, if I don't get my, if I take my nutrition too early, then um, when I start, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be kind of a little too far into it and I'll throw my nutrition off for the day. Mm-hmm. Right. So I brought my nutrition with me. Um, what kind of nutrition did you bring? So I, I think I started off with one of those waffle. Those, oh, what are they called? They're like these little waffle things. They, like, I've never heard like of energy. That's a lot of sugar. And then I took a, um, oh, geez, I think I took like a five hour energy. Uh-huh. That was a mistake. Because uh, so, so we, we were waiting in line. Right. Cause it's like you, they're, they're only letting a couple of people start at, at any, like within three seconds. Right. And mm-hmm. there's 2000 athletes out there. So, so it took about an hour for me to get from where I was in line to the starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had taken the like five hour energy all at once. <laughs> so my heart rate was just skyrocketing and I mm-hmm. was so like, I was just shaking and, and, you know, and so as soon as I, I was, as soon as I hit the starting point and I ran into the water, I started to panic, mm-hmm. which is, I haven't panicked in the water in such a long time. You know, I'm a swimmer, I'm a lifeguard, I'm, a, I'm just, I've always been comfortable in the water. But I suddenly saw 140 miles just stretching out in front of me and, and I was just, I just panicked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't keep my face in the water. I couldn't breathe. I felt like my wetsuit was choking me. It was, it was, in, it was just one of those things that I was super upset about <laughs> during the time because I'm like, I trained for this. Why is this happening? You know, and it took a while, but I was, I was able to backstroke until my heart rate calmed down a little bit. You know, that, that exercise was, was able to kind of catch up with my uh, caffeine intake. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I was able to even out mm-hmm. and I was able to turn over, put my face in the water and actually go. Um, it was a two loop course. Um, and then, so, you know, I actually made pretty good time on that first loop, even though I was panicking and I was like, sweet, I can, <laughs> I can, I totally stay within my time limits here. Cause this is a 17 hour race. Like you, uh-huh. they, depending on whenever you cross that, that starting line, you have 17 hours to, to finish it. Mm. Um, my goal was to, uh, to, to finish the swim and get out of, of transition number one in two hours. And so I finished that first uh, lap in 45 minutes, and then I went on my second lap where I got the worst cramps in my calves. Like, <laughs> no, right? I mean, it was such a bummer. But uh, it took about uh, 10 minutes and a nice guy on a on a, a stand-up paddleboard named Buford to <laughs> kind of help massage that the, those muscles so did you out. stop swimming and got on the paddleboard and yes. you like massaged it and then you yeah. got back in the water? Yeah, I think I scared <clears throat> some athletes. There was some screaming involved. It was like really, it was it was painful. But uh, but yeah, so I was able to to stop. And and as long in Ironman, the rules are as long as they don't advance you on the course, you're fine. Mm-hmm. So so I just stayed, you know, with him. He kept my head above the water. We were able to massage the the. Um, the muscles and, and then I was able to go. So <clears throat> I was able to hit that goal. I, I finished uh, and went to transition and 
got got out uh, in of T T one in two hours, mm-hmm. almost exactly two hours, uh-huh. right? And so I'm like, okay, I have eight and a half hours to do the bike, right? And I was thinking it would only take me uh, six or seven because right. you you know of, of of my training and how fast I was I was training and or how fast I was going in training, but I didn't take into account number one the humidity, number two the heat, and number three uh, the elevation gain. Uh huh. <laughs> it was seven thousand feet of elevation. Wow! Gain. There were six monster hills um, on the total course, and and it was seven thousand feet. Do so you know what city up. you went? Like, because I know there's some beautiful road bike rides <clears throat> through there. So we we actually went out on that main highway. Um, I think south. Mm-hmm. So that mean I think it was ninety five. I think I, I can't. I am I'm terrible. So we we actually went out on Coeur d'Alene Drive, and and kind of followed the lake uh, for about seven miles and mm-hmm. then we hit a turnaround point and then would come back and then we went out to the main highway and then went out for yeah about 20 miles out and mm-hmm. then 20 miles back and then we had to do it all over again um mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it was uh it was interesting um because it was so hot like it was it, yeah out on the bike away from the the lake it was about 106 the ra- the heat was radiating from the pavement about 140 degrees. Oh my so word! So we were being just slammed. There was no cloud cover. There were no there was no shade. It was just heat and sun. And so um, my race strategy had kind of had to change. Uh, I had to stop at every aid station instead of just every other aid station. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to use all of this eight and a half, you know, hours <laughs> on my bike in order to to, to do this safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I quickly learned that putting ice down my bra mm-hmm. would keep my core temperature down uh-huh. because I was seeing, I mean, the first hill that we were on, people were dropping out of the race. Mm-hmm. I mean, I passed a guy who was like, Hey, go tell the aid station that I need help. You know, <laughs> I mean, like for reals, people wow. were sitting on the side of the road. Um, you know, it was, it was tough. We would get headwinds because, because we were on the same highway as cars that were going about 60 miles an hour. Oh, so no. we, okay. it was a really tough ra- uh, bike course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, ambulances were out in full force. I know one guy got hit by a tractor trailer. I mean, it was oh. one guy went over a, like a, a guardrail and got really hurt and you know and you hear about all this stuff after the race but like during it you're just like just keep pedaling just keep right. pedaling just keep pedaling drink a lot of water you just mm-hmm. keep pedaling you know and and uh and yeah and I was able to finish uh with maybe like five minutes to spare from my whole like eight and a half hours nice um, and you know and I remember just and I remember thinking, you know, I just want that cool grass in transition. I just want to stick my feet in that cool grass because it was just so hot. So I did that. When I got back in transition, I just laid there like a slug <laughs> for a couple of minutes. <laughs> anyway, I got out of transition and, uh, and you know, and, and started running. And uh, my strategy for that was was figuring out how how long I needed to or long, how long I had to get from point A to point B because uh, you know there were there was a three loop course and uh, we had two turnaround points and so I was I quickly figured out that I had to get to each turnaround point in six, in in, a, in an hour mm-hmm. and it was about four point seven five miles right but it is a hundred degrees. Um, and it is five o'clock in the afternoon and it is like the, I think the humidity is like 40%. So mm-hmm. sweltering, everybody's walking. I mean, I've never seen a race where so many people were walking all at, you know, at the same time. So 
Um, I, I just walked where I could. I, I power walked mm-hmm. a lot. <laughs> you know, I ran where I could. Uh, I was really surprised my knees held up. Um, I had I had a kind of an injury during that whole thing. I, my right calf in the connection point uh, behind my knee was strained. Mm-hmm. And so trying to run on that, uh, but I was really surprised. My knees held up so well. And I, I kind of, I think my, uh, I have a CBD lotion that, that has helped me so much just keep my knees from swelling and stuff like that. And so, so, um, when I hit the, when I finally, you know, got through all three loops, my family was awesome. They were running next to me during the race and they were, you know, encouraging me and it was just the coolest thing. And so you, you get to, you know, I, I, it's about 1130 at night. Right. And, and so it's dark and you have been working your butt off since 630 in the morning. It's been hot and it's been hard and it's been so sad uh, to, because I, you, you run past people who are throwing up and, and are just, you know, are they were, there's so many EMTs out trying to, to keep these people cool because their body temperatures are just through the roof. One guy was covered from neck all the way down in ice, you know, um, and, and it was, it was a real struggle to kind of see all this suffering, but it, at the same time, that's kind of the, the whole point behind it. It's how, how much can you push yourself? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how far can you mentally push yourself? Um, and so it kind of made the finish line so much sweeter because you're just exhausted and emotional and you get there and there's lights and there's people and everybody's ringing a cowbell and you just find this energy down deep inside of you that is you're like where where were you like five miles ago I really needed you you know but but it allows you to cross that finish line you know and and to actually like energetically like run across that finish line and you get to the red carpet and everybody's yelling for you and you hear your name called over the speaker and you know Mike Riley who's this Iron Man legend is you know he's commenting and he's he's calling the names as, as you cross the finish line and and it's uh it's kind of a tr- you know Iron Man tradition and as soon as he says, Candace Wilson, you are an Iron Man, it's just like <laughs> your heart explodes. Mm-hmm. And it's like the coolest feeling to 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 have to have trained and to have suffered and to have pushed through all of your limits to get to this one place where you accomplish something that you never thought you could. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it absolutely. is it was just the most amazing, wonderful experience uh the the definitely the most uh profound uh physical experience that i have ever had like you know and like like as an athlete Mm -hmm. so i was it was just amazing i couldn't have done it without like the support of of people my husband my kids uh, my friends the ones that were like oh you are so doing this this is awesome even when i was like oh i can't keep my motivation up it's so hard (laughs) you know and they're just like oh no you've got this you're totally amazing my sister was just she was so supportive she thought it was so cool you know and it's just and 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 it's a big big commitment so when you're when your family's behind you and your friends are behind you it's it it really does feel doable and it's it's really neat to push those to push those boundaries so do you feel like what would be like if someone was going to be doing an Ironman or thinking about it? Do you have a couple tips for 
them or what are your oh so my first thing would be you know do the smaller ones first uh-huh. <laughs> see what you're what you're getting into essentially uh and and kind of work your way up it kind of it helps with uh with getting yourself there mentally mm-hmm. knowing what you can do um uh, and and really just you know try to try not to try to not limit yourself you know what i mean like stop saying oh i could never do that if I can do it, anybody can do it, all right? I was never a distance runner. I am mm-hmm. a basketball player to mm-hmm. the core, you know? But, and I never thought I could do this kind of endurance, yeah. uh, endurance race. And so, yeah, I, I think that, that that frustrates me a little bit more is when I hear women saying, oh, I could never do that. Because it's like, you can. You have so much potential inside you. It's just yeah. about making a goal or, you know, setting a goal making a commitment and, and get, putting the work in. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, that those would be my tips. <laughs> that is awesome. Absolutely awesome. That is very inspiring. And when you look forward in your future, like what do you see? Like, do you have another, you had mentioned the eco challenge. Is there some things that you're looking forward now, now that you've done this big one? Uh, honestly, I'm really enjoying kind of taking a break from that. <laughs> yes, I bet. I bet. <laughs> from the constant, you know, uh, mental, being mentally prepared and, mm-hmm. and, and the physical preparations. It's so nice not working out, you know, so like so many hours a day. Yes. Um, I've, but I, I would eventually like to do another one, another Ironman, but it's it'll be years down the road probably. <laughs> I'm like, there's a little PTSD there yes. from, the, from the heat, but... Um, that is incredible. Like that, yeah, fun. to have like not only done an Ironman, but done it in brutal temperatures oh, and rough situations. And it was, it was tough. Well, um, thank you so much, Candice, for sharing your stories with us today. And um, we're so grateful to have you listeners with us um, and to hear more fun, inspiring stories from women like Candice. Um, click the subscribe button and add them to your device and tell a friend, all that junk. We're just so glad to have you with us. And that's it for today's adventure. Join us next time. And as always, remember, a woman's place is in the mountains.